Hey there, and welcome to the bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that a life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life. And so every single month, we take time to have a conversation around topics that build a resilient life. And so this month, we're having a specific conversation about purpose. That's right. I am so excited to jump into this topic and lean into it because I think it becomes the the prevailing thought in the human experience, in the front of human consciousness, is this thought of why am I here? What am I doing? What is the purpose, the meaning behind this life that I'm living every day? And we see extreme highs and extreme lows connected to the way that we answer that question. Absolutely. And so if you are you know, having a time where you're living in fulfillment, full of joy, walking in purpose, then you know that you are aligned with why you were created. And often we find that if you are questioning your life and your existence, then you typically are walking in a place where you are more depressed or more mm. anxious or more unsure about why you are here. And I think before we get too deep into the conversation, it's important to talk about the fact that purpose is not occupation. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that your occupation can be tied to your purpose. And there's something really beautiful when purpose and occupation come together. But I think we miss the mark when we think that moving into a specific occupation is going to unleash or untap my purpose. Or when we look to an occupation, a title, a spouse, a role in life to bring us purpose in our life. Because ultimately, those things have a, a high potential right to move to change to transition over the course of my life over the course of my life I might have many different roles so let's even get out of occupation in terms of a job that you get paid for but let's think about the occupation of being a parent yeah. and how many parents you see move into the next stage of parenting what we colloquial call empty nesting right, years. Right, right. and all of the sudden they feel now that their world has been shifted and their world has been shaken because they had accepted, I believe, a belief that their their occupation of parenting was their entire purpose in life. Their entire purpose was not that. That was a season and a role that they were playing during that time. And so it has to shift. So good. Yeah. And so I, I think regardless of your occupation or your position or your title that is attached to what right. you're currently doing, those things are the outworking potentially of the purpose that God has given you, yeah. right? And so your purpose is why you're exi existing and your occupation is what you do. Your yeah. title is often attached to the thing that you do. And it's important that we don't yeah. get those things confused because like you said, our, our title changes over time. Yeah, It morphs. Your position at your place of employment is going to change over time. Yeah. And if we begin to think that my purpose is to be an elementary school teacher, right. a nurse, a lawyer, a farmer, whatever it is, yep. then we begin to think that my entire existence is attached to that thing. Yeah. Problem with that is you're not always going to do that thing. Exactly. You're probably not going to be a chiropractor in your 90s. Right. Right. And so if you retire from that thing, if you are no longer in that occupation, you still have purpose. And I, I would say even more than that, this idea that I think we, especially in our earlier years of life, look to a role, a title, a position to give us that purpose. Yes. And I would say to young people, you likely don't even know the thing that you're going to go into. You, the thing that you're going to go into and work and spend a good part of your life on potentially doesn't even exist yet. Think about roles that we're hiring for right now. Think about roles that exist in the world right now. 
if you would have told someone years ago that they were going to be a digital ministry leader, exactly. that didn't even exist when we were kids. That's not a thing that they were going to be a, a podcast voice going out, that that was going to be the job that they played or a YouTube, you know, An influencer. Uh, influencer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. These are things that didn't even exist a decade ago. But now there are places where people are are living very fulfilled lives and living out their purpose. But that's going to shift just like something else shifted before that. So finding your purpose in being an influencer, a digital ministry, that's not your purpose. What is it that you're doing in that space that is your ultimate purpose in life? So side note and and yeah, rabbit, yeah. rabbit trail that I want to go down for a minute. Do you think that the way that we progress through life, particularly in our early stages, is backwards mm. in the sense that we are often training our kids. We put them in elementary school, middle school, high school, and then we say, go off to college and university. Because by the time that you're 18 years old, you should know exactly what you're going to do. You're exactly, uh, you should know the path that you're going to walk in. You should know exactly how you're going to get there. And then I wonder sometimes if because we have it set up like that, that's why we have so many people that get a year into college, two years into college, and then back Ten out of that years into thing. a career. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I did it because my parents told me to do it. I did it because my brother, you know, was doing it as well. I did it because I saw it looked cool on TV or whatever, but I haven't actually spent time to think about who am I? Yeah, I absolutely think that. And I think, so I had this really weird experience a couple of years ago when I realized, because we've talked a lot about talking to our boys more about who will you be? then what will you be? For sure. Because who you are will transfer into a lot of different places that you go to and that you are in your life. And, and we talk about that with our church family as well as we you know take families through child dedication in those early moments is talking about who do you want your kids to be when they grow up. And so when our kids were young and they were out, spent most of their time at home, you know, you have a lot more control over those conversations. And I remember the first time someone asked our oldest son, and to me, he was quite young. What are you going to be when you grow up? And I felt this like almost like defense reflex on the inside of me because I was like, I don't want him focusing. Now, we do ask our boys questions like that now and have fun with what is it that you like about that and all those types of things. But I think the the ultimate focus that we had had and have is who are you going to be when you grow up um, for that very reason? And absolutely, I think, and I, I also think it's part of what leads into so much of the stress and anxiety that we see in young people of this overwhelming feeling like I have to know what the next 50 years of my life are going to look like. By the time I'm 17 or 18 years old, I need to be deciding, you know, where I'm going and what I'm doing and what I want my life to look like. And you barely know what the world is. There are so many jobs that exist that I didn't know existed when I was 17. I was picking from, you know, the list of classics. Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a business owner? Like, you know, maybe a vet. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. None of these look great to me. And now you realize the world is this big, amazing place. And there's so many more things that you can do about it. And because you've been exposed to all of these things over the last few years, yes. you know the options and you know more about yourself and you know more about what's available for you to be walking in that as yeah. well. And I, and I think, you know, you're even talking there about how we're raising our children and, mm -hmm. and how we shouldn't necessarily always be asking solely the question, what are you going to do, but who are you yeah. going to be? And, you know, I think about how that's true for parents across the spectrum doesn't matter your belief. It doesn't matter your background. That's something that all parents care about is the type of children that we're raising. I think about this, this idea 
of purpose being something that it doesn't matter about your background, it doesn't matter about your your belief system. I think that at the end of the day, regardless of what you believe about God, yeah. you believe that you have purpose. Yeah. I was speaking with a non-Christian friend of mine just the other day, and we were talking about what we're doing and what we're finding joy in, all of those kind of things. And she said, well, I, I believe that this is my purpose. Yeah. And I asked her that question, well, what makes you say that? Because yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't believe in God. So where you don't does that believe, purpose come from? You don't yeah. believe that you were created, right? Yeah. And so where does that come from? And she still talked about how she has a purpose irrespective of her belief in God. Yeah. It was really, really interesting. And so I think that it's something, the idea of purpose, why am I here? Why was I created? Is something that is prevalent and it's the existential question that all of us are wrestling through throughout life. Yeah. I I think you're exactly right. And I think there is right that longing in people that goes, there's something that I'm here for. There must be a reason that that I exist. Now, there are, you know, the nihilistic views of the world that would say there isn't a reason that you're here. And we're all just, you know, a culmination of cells blobbing around until the end when you will no longer be in existence. But for people like you and I, who have a belief in God, who have a belief that we were created in his image, and then now have a purpose here in the earth, I think that we go, wait, that longing, that desire comes from somewhere. And that should point us to something and to someone as well. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I think part of why it's so important for us to be wrestling through, even as Christians who believe that our hope is secured, our eternity is secured in Christ, believing that we're going to heaven where there is perfection and, and everything is going to be good. I believe that. But I also don't want to live only looking forward to that. Yeah. I believe that it is a wasted life if you're only looking forward to heaven in the future. Yeah. And if you are not finding your joy here on earth and you're not finding why did God create me today. Yeah, absolutely. If God just wanted me in heaven, he would have just put me in heaven. Yeah, yeah. But God gave us this life as a gift. Yeah. And I think good stewardship is finding out why we are here as well. And I see so many people walking through life, so many people in different churches that are walking through life with having no idea what their purpose is. Yeah. It's just, well, I'm one foot here on earth and I'm one foot in heaven. And I guess, you know, my life here doesn't have too much meaning or too much value, too much purpose, but it's cool because one day I'm going to get to heaven and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, we make it this overwhelming thing. Like finding my purpose is this grand, big moment that I'm going to finally arrive at. Mm -hmm. And aha, my whole life will turn on in a light bulb moment where I think there is a, a purpose that reveals itself in your life. And I also think, right, there's purpose for today. There's purpose for this moment in your life of what's happening right here and right now. And finding an ability to focus on that, on the daily renewal of purpose. I think leads us into that grander life purpose as we collect those daily purposes. Um, And yeah, and don't make it this end zone thing like, oh, one day I'm finally going to stumble into my purpose. Right. You know? Cue the the big music. Thematic music. Echo now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And when I think about how the average person is going to find their purpose, in having many conversations with people from all backgrounds and walks of faith, I think that the average person considers their purpose based on what they find joy in and what they excel at. Mm. They consider those two things and then think, well, 
I'm really good with numbers. And so my purpose is yeah. to be an accountant. Right. Yeah. And we always already touched on that point about how your purpose is not your occupation. But I think that we often look at what do I do really well? Yeah. And then we think my purpose is attached to that. Is that yeah, something yeah. that you have found in your own life and, and as you've walked out finding your own purpose? Yeah, I think so. But here's the thing about it. I do think that your purpose is in the things that you're good at, right? Your purpose is that if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, your purpose is not in music, right? That your your skills and your abilities and the way you are designed is lined up with what your purpose is. However, you're probably good at lots of things. And it doesn't mean just because you are good at something yes. that that thing is your purpose. And I think I certainly had this idea of like, if I'm doing well in something, if I'm succeeding in something, then this must be where I'm supposed to be. This must be who I'm supposed to be, the purpose I'm supposed to be in. And, and I know that the moment that just spoke this most loudly to me is when I went off to um, university right after high school. And I did two years. Um, I was studying for a political science degree and I had these ideas about the life that I wanted to live. And I mean, I was doing great in all of the you know ways that you would check the boxes of doing great at something. I was making friends. I was in a social circle. I was part of programs on campus. I was on the dean's list. My grades were doing well. You know, all of those things. Boom, 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 boom. Checking boom. all those boxes. I, yeah, yeah. I had a scholarship that was like I was nailing this whole portion of life. So this must be what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Sure. But I could not shake this feeling of unsettledness on the inside of me. And I couldn't shake this feeling of looking down the line and going, I can see my life 10 years from now. And this feeling is only growing of looking around my external world and going, I'm doing well at this. Therefore, it must be the right thing and feeling unsettled and uneasy. And that to me is an indicator that you're outside of your purpose, outside of what God has for you. When God comes to find Adam and Eve in the garden, he says to Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? And I think that it is God could have found the physical location of Adam and God never asks a question that he needs an answer to. Right. Mm -hmm. God knows the answer. He asks questions to cause us to think and to ask a sure. question. And Adam, for the first time, had found himself outside of the purpose that God had created him for. And I think pausing to ask ourselves that question, where like where am I and how did I get here are really meaningful questions that help us determine, am I actually inside of my purpose or have I just kept following the sound of the applause of people going, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. And I've ended up somewhere I was never intended to be. That's so good. And I want to go a little bit deeper into that because I, I think that there's someone that's listening today that is really successful checking all the boxes, successful in air quotes, right? Yeah, yeah. Checking all the boxes doing all the right stuff, making all the money, all of that kind of stuff, but gets home every night and thinks, what's it all for? Yeah. And so I, I want to ask you that question to go a little bit deeper into that point about you were in that season, you were succeeding in many areas, but you didn't have fulfillment and mm. there was something that didn't line up with the, the, there was no alignment in the purpose and the pursuit that you had. Yeah. So what was it that was inside of you that caused you to shift gears and change direction? Because the, I believe that there's someone that is continuing in walking outside of the purpose. They yeah. don't have the joy. They don't have the fulfillment. They don't have the satisfaction. They don't have the knowledge that they are walking in the purpose of God. 
but they lack the ability to make that change. Yeah. What can they do about it? Yeah. I think ultimately it's, it's a faith thing and it's a trust in God thing. If, you know, if you're a person of faith and a person who follows God, I think ultimately that's what it is because it's really scary. I remember thinking, I mean, I got this scholarship to come to this school and, and that's not a small thing. And I remember thinking, I mean, if I step out, I mean, I haven't finished my degree still. And it's a thing that I, that we talk about a lot that I'd like to go back to. And, and that's a reality of that decision of, you know, you make those moments. But I also remember thinking, I can't live my whole life this way. Mm. I can't live my whole life with this feeling. And so um, there's this scripture in, um, uh, I think it's in the book of John when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me, right? My will is to do the work of the father and to find fulfillment in that. And I think that thought of, of the thing that fills me, the thing where I will find fulfillment is when I am inside the place, the space, the purpose that God has for me and running after that thing. And that is a countercultural experience because not always, but sometimes it means letting go of the traditional things that we have leaned on to find our places of stability, like our education, like a, knowing where a paycheck is coming from. Like, I mean, I went to Bible college with no idea where that was leading me. Nowhere in my... To me. That's yeah, where it led yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> led me to you. To, and that's the truth of it, right? When you trust God in that, then it leads you to better things even than you could have hoped right. for, even than you could have planned for, even than you knew. But it's really scary up front. But what I think is important, because I, I don't want a bunch of calls from parents from a bunch of kids who are dropping out of college right now, mm -hmm. because you had a similar feeling in school, but you finished your degree then, where you were in the middle of a degree, and all of a sudden you went, I don't think what I'm studying is what I'm going to do. I feel God pulling me in a d another direction. So why don't you talk about that experience? Yeah. Yeah, I got halfway through my my health and exercise science degree, and I was planning on working in uh, being a physical therapist and pursuing all of those kind of things. Got halfway through and just felt unsettled. And so decided to travel, spent time all over the world working with a bunch of incredible nonprofit organizations, doing amazing things, having uh, fantastic experiences, and then when that finished, I felt like it was still important to go back and finish my degree. There was something that was in me that, that felt like I was far enough along where I was learning enough good general information. I knew that I probably wouldn't go back and finish the degree if I took a longer break. And so I wanted to go back and finish it then and then go do something else and close that chapter officially. That's just the feeling that I had on the inside of me that it was right for me to do. But it's, it's an interesting thing that you and I had interesting feelings halfway through our degree, yeah. but it led to different places. But ultimately, it led us to each other. Yeah. And I think that's the because I would think as well, you've been able to go on and do your additional like postgrad study in divinity because you had that degree, even though they're no way related. Right. right. The, the, the undergrad is in exercise science and the postgrad work is in divinity and biblical studies. But but it created that foundation as well for you to, to do additional studies. I think it just reminds me of that scripture that says that all things that God is working them together for the good of those who love him. And that, and um, I mean, that's the thing. I don't want people to get lost in this idea of like, I'm going to mess up my purpose or I'm going to, you know, I, or I have to walk this tight line to find it. I think when you're continually pursuing God, purpose begins to reveal itself. 
And it's just so having the confidence to take the next step in each and every one of those moments. Yeah. Because in, in some ways you do dig out your purpose. But yeah. I, I think as well, what's important to remember is that God created you. Yeah. You did not create yourself. Yeah. And God created you. And so if that is true, then God knows what your purpose is. Right. And so there's, a, you know, there's many, many scriptures that we could talk about that talk about the purpose of God over our lives, talk about why we were created, um, the fact that we were created, Psalm 139, those kind of things. Now, one scripture that I've always found fascinating is in Acts 13, where it talks about how David fulfilled God's purpose in his own generation, and then he died. Yeah. Then yeah. he went to sleep, right? He didn't fulfill his own purpose in his own generation. He fulfilled yeah. God's purpose in his own generation. And so like what you were just sharing a moment ago, Meredith, you, you talked about how so many people stress about what if I fall out of the purpose of God or what if I don't ever find out what it is? Yeah. It's not your purpose. It's God's purpose in your life yeah. is the will that we should be pursuing. Absolutely. Right. And so I, I think there's many ways that we can that we can be doing that practically. We'll talk about that in just a, a few moments. When it comes to like finding the purpose of God, when you think about purpose, what scripture yeah. comes to mind for you? Well, I want to jump back because I have a thought on that one you just okay. shared as well, which is that what I love about that is that it says when he had fulfilled his purpose, then that's when he died. That's when he went home to be with the Lord. And I would say to so many people who maybe have retired, maybe are in latter years of their life, but are having that feeling of, oh, whatever my purpose was, I've already done that. That part of what that scripture tells me is if you're still living, if you're still breathing, yes. then you're still active in your generation. And God still has purpose for your right here and your right now. I was recently talking to a mentor and he was telling me that the most productive years of a person's life, there's like research that's looking at all these things, you know, and the most productive years of you a person's life. You think it's going to be like 30s, yeah, yeah, 40s, maybe. and he's like, keep on going. Keep yeah, on, yeah, it's their 70s, yeah. right? There's the decade of their 70s is currently tracking as the most productive season of someone's life. And I think how sad it is of how many people tap out before they might hit what is the most productive decade of their life. And so I would just say to so many people, like, this could be the moment, this could be the thing that you've been waiting for. Don't lean back. Like if you, God still has plan and he still has purpose for you. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk you practically. You asked me a question. I don't remember what it was. I talked about what I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. That's fine. You always do that anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm glad that you asked me that question, but here's what I want to talk about. It's from it's my cool. political science there days. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Let me deflect real quick. No, so yes. I, I want to talk about how we find our purpose in God. What, what can we practically be doing? One thing that we talked about a few minutes ago was about how God will often take the thing that you're good at, or God has given you things yeah. that you have just a natural gifting in, talent in. Yeah. He'll take those things and often use them and, and make them grow or utilize them at a higher and deeper level. When I think about stories in the Bible, I think about how in Matthew 4, when Jesus is calling some of his disciples, he goes to James and John, who are out on the boat fishing, yeah. and he says, I see that you're fishing right now in a natural sense, but yeah. come with me, and I will teach you how to be fishers of men. Yeah. You already are fishing, but I'm going to use this thing and take it to a higher level. Yeah, exactly. 
And when you think about Psalm 78, it says that God saw David not just as a shepherd of sheep and of animals, but that he saw them as the shepherd of a nation. And so God will take the lower thing and make it a higher thing. He will take that you are a fisher of fish and make you a fisher of men. He will take you from being a shepherd of animals and being a shepherd of nations. And I, I love that God will always take the thing that you're good at and he will make it even better and use it for his glory, use it for his kingdom. You know what I love about both of those examples as well, with the disciples being fishers and with David being a shepherd out in the field, is that neither of them were were looking for promotion. Yeah, They were just looking to serve well at the thing that God had given them in this season. So good, so important. And I cannot emphasize enough how I think we get so lost in always looking for the bigger thing, looking for the best thing, looking to be discovered sending our stuff out there when I think part of what God is saying to us is like but what are you doing right here right now have you poured your whole self into the thing that God has given you and I just I like I I know that sometimes my track and my space is differently but I just think like man I've never once asked for a promotion in my life And I think, you know, potentially in a different area or field, that's probably a skill you might need to develop. And can be appropriate, right? And can be appropriate. Yeah, I wouldn't want to say to people, like, you should never. But I think you should put yourself out there. But I think that there's something about just trusting God and this idea that when you lean into him, when you trust him, when you give your whole self to the work that he's asked you to do, that I think that those who humble themselves under the hand of God, that he will lift them up in due time. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say for me, my experience is not that I have never asked for a promotion, it's that I have never been turned down for a promotion. Yeah. Right. See, yep. Because I have I know that I have worked diligently. Yeah. I know that I am worth it. Yeah. I know that I am justified in asking for it or going for this promotion, yeah. this elevated position. And I know that I that it's mine because of the way that I have been carrying myself in this past season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, in Ephesians it says that we're God's workmanship created for Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us. You know, and I think when you see the work that you've been given like that, right, that I am God's workmanship and this work that's for me, that this is something that he gave to me and I want to work it like that. And I, I always think of David just out there working in the field and being the least likely person to be nominated for king. Yeah. And the fact that he just returns immediately, he gets anointed as king and returns to the field because I think his heart was just to do the work of God. Yeah. And so let's let's shift gears and talk practically about what we can be doing today, because that, that's yeah. all good to know about what people were walking in thousands of years ago and how they found their purpose. But I want to talk right now about how we can be finding our purpose today. What practically can we be doing? First and foremost, I cannot emphasize this enough, again, the point is, it's not your purpose. Yeah. It's God's purpose in your life. Yeah. God created you. And if God created you, then he is your creator. You are not your own creator. So you cannot ask yourself, why was I created? Right. You can only ask your creator, why was I created? Yeah. yeah. So go to God. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for obviously as people of faith, we believe that God created us and therefore we should go to him to find out what is that purpose and what is that design. I would say even if you're not a person who has a strong belief or a strong thing of faith, I think I would invite you to to try that right? To yeah. go to the place yeah. of prayer and, and say, honestly, God, I don't even know if I, if I buy all this, 
but I'm not sure why I'm here. And, and watch how he begins to, to speak to you through the events of your week and show through the people things. and yeah. the people who begin to speak to you and show you things and highlight to you the places that you find passion and enjoyment and that make your insides come alive. I think that going to the place of prayer has to be our starting point for finding our purpose. Yeah, and I like the way you said that, going to the place of prayer. When we, when we talk about praying and seeking God and asking him your purpose. I'm not talking about driving down the road for three minutes and asking him, God, what is my purpose? And thinking that he's going to speak audibly to you. Yeah. Yeah. Go away and be still and listen and, and ponder the things of God and listen to him. Part of what we talk about regularly. I, I think this was Oral Roberts, you know, way back when talks about how we should abandon annually we should withdraw weekly and we should divert daily just yeah. as a good practice for, you know, a Sabbath lifestyle and being in rest and listening to God and those kind of things. Part of what both Meredith and I like to do is to abandon annually. We do this as a family, but then we also say take time individually to go away and to think God, to to pursue God and to to think on his things and to um, to pursue him. And, and yeah. we, during those times that we really find at a deeper level what is our purpose as a whole, and then what is our purpose for this season that we're stepping into as well? Yeah, and I think that's the the beautiful uh, back and forth of being a person of God is that he is always trying to find us, I think, in these healthy rhythms. So in one breath, I'm saying, we're saying, go away to a place of solitude and seek God. And then in the same breath, I'm going to say, and then rush into community, because I do not believe that you can find your purpose outside of the place of good, healthy relationships. I think that God brings relationships into our life and that those relationships in our life reveal to us the things that that bring us passion, the things that we excel in, that cross center of what makes me feel happy and joyful. And I'm also good at that because there are things that make me feel happy and joyful, but I'm no good at. I love to sit around and paint sometimes. I'm terrible at it. No one true. should ever see the paintings that I make. But true. it makes me happy. But but that's not my line of purpose, right? And there are things that I'm good at, but I find zero joy in. Well, that's not my purpose either. I think your purpose is found in that crosshair. And you find that in community. And you find the things that are unique to you. The things that stand up in you. The things that your friends are always coming to you about. Or the things that everyone looks to you for. Or the things that you think about that no one else is thinking about. Those things start standing up in that place of community. Yeah, and even from the story of Genesis where God created Adam. Yeah. One of the first things that he says is it's not good for Adam to be alone. Right. Created someone for Adam to be with. Yeah. We see it even in the story of the prodigal son and the loving father, it wasn't good for the son to leave a healthy relationship. Yeah. What helped the the son thrive was to be in good community, good good relationship. That's how he found his purpose was not being removed from that. And and community is just important in general anyway, but so important in finding your purpose and people that will be honest with you, not lie to you about, oh yeah, girl, you're so good at this when you ain't, you know, Um, but we'll be honest about, yeah, you are walking in your purpose. You are so good at this. You are not just good at it. You're anointed at this and to do this. People that are wise that are around you and can speak to you. And then also keeping a really humble, teachable spirit about yourself that is willing to receive that from different people. It's so good. And even to receive correction from people if you're not walking in your purpose. Right. Allowing certain people to speak into your life that will be able to see and identify you weren't made for this. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. And the last thing I would say is to to learn to study yourself. It's a thing that I heard in my early 20s. I was able to attend a conference and I heard Bishop Jake say um, that we need to learn to study ourselves. We spend so much of our early years worrying about who else we're going to be with that we study everyone else. We worry about dating everyone else, but we don't take time to date and to know ourselves. Yeah. And knowing yourself will lead you into understanding the purpose and the things that God have put on the, has put on the inside of you and looking back over your life and going, what are common themes in my life? What are things that I seem to be continually drawn to in my life? And what does that mean about why, what God has put on the inside of me? Love it. Love it. This has been such a great conversation about finding our purpose, not finding our role or our title right, right. or our position, but finding our purpose about why we were created, why we exist. It's this big existential question. I hope that this conversation today has brought some revelation to you so that you don't just need to walk through life or stumble through life wondering about why you exist, but that you can take some of this practical conversation and begin to apply it and to ask God today and to find some time to get away and to ask him, why did you create me? Because you saw fit to create me in a world that was incomplete without me in it. And God created you on purpose for a purpose. So you might as well find out what it is. That's great. So we hope that you have enjoyed this week's bonus cast and we look forward to hearing back from you. If you enjoyed this, make sure you leave us some comments, make sure you subscribe or share everything that's going on. And we'd love to hear from you some topics that would be great for us to discuss in a future bonus cast. 